0: Welcome into the newest edition of the Checkerboard Chat. We have a little bit shorter show for you this week. No Lady Vols talk, as Lady Vols had two games canceled last week, or I should say postponed last week due to COVID-19 issues within the Tennessee program. But still plenty to talk about on the men's side of things, as I'm joined now by Jeffrey Russell, our beat writer for the Tennessee men's basketball team. Jeffrey, a one in one week for Tennessee starts with a Disappointing performance down in Oxford, a 52-50 to 50 loss, and ends with a exciting come-from-behind win, 82-71 to 71 at Kentucky Saturday night. What were your uh, takeaways of Tennessee's one-on-one week? Uh,
1: I think the, the biggest takeaway is you come off of another strong Saturday performance wondering will Tennessee finally find some consistency on the offensive end of the court. Uh, this will be the second weekend in a row that you think they may have finally turned a corner, so we'll see if that actually is true or not. And then also just the play of Keon Johnson and Jaden Springer, I think that was the performance a lot of people were looking for when you were told you had two five-star guards coming in. Uh, You know, both of them have shown some real great flashes at times, but they really just took over the game against Kentucky. So I think that uh, that's going to be a big selling point for what the team has going forward.
0: Yeah, I think you really hit the nail on the head with both those things. And consistency is the big word. Rick Barnes says it. I don't know. Every press conference, multiple times. I mean, that's it's the big word. It's consistency, and it's that's always the word in sports, and especially with a team that's been pretty inconsistent since SEC play started. But I think you're you're right, and since talking about the freshmen, I think that's why maybe this offensive performance feels more sustainable than the Kansas one did. The Kansas one, Tennessee shot super well from three. Just about everyone on the team was throwing in shots. Saturday, I think you saw. What fans pictured, what people kind of pictured this team could look like in NCA NCAA tournament. It's going to take the freshmen a while to get going, but once they do, they're going to be the two best offensive players on the team, the two best athletes. And now I think people would have expected more from John Fulgerson. He'd be right in that mix as best offensive player, too. But with that being said, the NCAA tournament is all about your guard play. It's all about having guys that can get to the basket and create shots and score down the stretch of games. And that's exactly what you saw Jaden Springer and Keon Johnson do. I mean, what was it, A six minute stretch there where they. Doubled just the two of them doubled the whole Kentucky score as Tennessee came charging back. And, you know, Rick Barnes said it's all about consistency. Can they continue to do that? And I think that'll be the question. Was Saturday a sign for these guys of we I can go out and do this every day? And if they can, it completely changes Tennessee's potential.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Another note, another thing that kind of stood out to me. We talked about it on here last week. Had Olivier Camba turned the corner. Um, and we, I think I said at least, but I thought this was two games that really played well into his strengths, and you didn't, didn't really see that. Um, Ole Miss game in particular, I thought he struggled. He wasn't a, able to give Tennessee a ton of good play. He played eight minutes, so not too far below his average, but really didn't give Tennessee anything at all. They needed rebounding in that game. They got hurt on the boards a lot. The Kentucky game, he wasn't great either. You know, he only played three minutes. But a lot of that was due to foul trouble. Um, He got those two quick fouls, I think, and it was about four minutes into the game, and him and and Fulkerson had both had two (laughs) fouls. Besides that, I thought he did some good things, but definitely a step back. You saw E.J. he'd get more minutes this week. You saw Eros Placic get minutes Saturday. It certainly seems like that. Who's going to be playing the post? post is still still. bailing
1: yeah, I think uh, what you lacked from Kamwa this week, I think EJ and made up for in spades, specifically against Kentucky. Well, he didn't really put up any points, I mean, uh, the fight he had down there in the paint, mixing it up, I mean, he wasn't making anything easy down there for those Kentucky players. And I think that's really what the coaches are looking for from him. They know he's maybe going to struggle a little bit offensively, but still can produce. But uh, he was a workhorse down there for the, for the time he was in against Kentucky.
0: Yeah, certainly. And another thing you saw in that Kentucky game and they were forced to do it just because of the amount of guys they had in foul trouble. But You saw a lot more of those four guard lineups, especially during the second half when they made that run. And even, you know, it's easy to do when Fulkerson was ineffective as he was. But you wonder if that's going to be a continued theme in the game stretches. If you just go with who's playing better, Fulkerson and Pines and then roll with four guards, because that was clearly the emphasis Barnes had and the plan Barnes had Saturday night.
1: Yeah, it worked to perfection, too, it looked like.
0: Yeah, it really did. Tennessee was able to get out and get those easy baskets that they'd, they'd really been lacking. We just got done talking to Rick Barnes. You know, we kind of talked a little bit about consistency being a common word for, for him today, but what were some of your takeaways from what he said?
1: Uh, I think one of the bigger takeaways was He's kind of seen this coming from Springer and Johnson for a while now. He's been they've the coaches have been all over him about really just being aggressive with the basketball, playing more downhill. And they finally found a way to do it and started to do it against Kentucky. Maybe just because their backs were against the wall as a team in general, they kind of had to do it. So I think that was huge. But then he also kind of slowed everybody's role in the sense that maybe Tennessee is a more, you know, four guard run and gun team that, you know, they're still going to rely on John Fulkerson, whether he produces a ton of points or not, he's still an important part of this team that they want to make sure is, uh, you know, getting touches, playing defense and working hard. So I think you may see a little more progression into more solid guard play, but I don't think this is going to be the complete 180 of play that people may expect.
0: Yeah, I think, I think you're definitely right. and I think that'll be something interesting to watch is, Ful- or excuse me, Barnes has talked about all year. Fulkerson is having the battle with teams, game planning to stop him. As things continue to progress this way, I think game plans will be a lot more around stopping Springer and Johnson and less around Fulkerson. You wonder how much that helps them. One thing that stood out to me about what Barnes said today, and he didn't really necessarily tie it back into his point, exactly well, but it was an interesting story nonetheless as he was talking about first time he met Keon Johnson, talking about he asked him what position he, he wanted to play in college and he said the four. I thought that was very interesting and probably kind of shows, you know, I'm sure that conversation was probably a sophomore year, the kind of development that you saw as Johnson exploded from out kind of a fringe top one hundred recruit to a top twenty recruit by a senior year. I thought that was really, really interesting. And I think the other thing that stood out was just what you were saying, Fulkerson and they need those guys. It's still going to be very much around what they can do offensively. Now, obviously, they're going to be including everyone, especially Springer and Johnson. But they're not, like you were saying, they're not about to turn away from those two guys.
1: Yeah, I think one more thing I wanted to touch on, sorry to to cut you off there, was uh, the the talk of uh, Josiah Jordan-James. Coach Barnes talked about that he really thought Josiah was kind of just scratching the surface of what he really could be uh, he's led the team in rebounding over the last three games. He's been kind of a force in the paint. Uh, I think once he continues to press pro- progress offensively, uh, he could be one of the best all-around players in the SEC. And I think that gives you the look as why people kind of expected he has the NBA body, the NBA form. If he can just get the play to back it up, he'll be playing this game for a long time.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's definitely right. And you look at it the thirty since the thirty games he's been moved to. Or off the starting lineup coming off the bench. He's had two games, double-digit rebounds. That I mean, he seems like the guy that's kind of the fix-the guy for the rebounding issue. In those games that he gets in, and I mean, he can he's the leading rebounder on the team, very high in potential there. And I think the last three games you've seen him play pretty good offensively. Now he kind of went away in that second half of the old miss game. And he's mm-hmm. kind of the guy, I think. Now I think Barnes is talking about a lot of guys, but when Barnes talks about players having to take the shots when they're open, He's the definition of that guy. I thought you saw that in the Ole Miss game. He hit two threes early, then missed a couple, and it was, I like it was early play in the second half. They were scuffling on offense, and he had an open look for three that he turned down, and then Tennessee got a bad forced look at the end of the shot clock. His confidence is, I think, going to be, at least for this team, the most important thing for his offensively. He can do a lot to improve over the next few years and be one of Tennessee's go-to scorers. I don't think that's going to be the case this season for him. I think it's just about having that confidence, taking the open shots, And really being a guy that can space the floor, I think as you see maybe Tennessee lean on Springer and Johnson more, having James be able to play the four space, get less guys in the paint to open up things for Springer and Keon Johnson to drive will be very, very important. Yeah. On to the next topic, we talked about it a a little bit just a minute ago, but 16 points off turnovers against Kentucky, 10 fast break points, almost all of them coming in the same eight-minute stretch. That was after Tennessee had two straight games with no fast break points. Just how important was that Saturday night and how important is it going forward for this team?
1: I mean, it's, it's everything for this team. When this team was clicking early on in the season, it was because they were turning their defense into offense. And I think you saw a return to that Saturday night, specifically, you know, at bringing them up again, Springer and Johnson. I mean, they were picking off every pass and every lane and they were shooting up the court when uh, you know, Kentucky would turn the ball over. I think, Those two guys are, you know, when they step on the court, they're going to be probably the two most athletic guys on the court, on whatever court they're going to step on. And Saturday night they played like if they played downhill and made, you know, basically gave Kentucky just no chance to guard them. So I think if, you know, Tennessee can return to that defense and offense mentality, I think that'll be huge. And I think that's something that is sustainable, but I don't, you know, it's, it's more about heart and effort than it is about statistics or anything like that, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I agree. And some of it's kind of comes in conflict with itself. Tennessee mm-hmm. plays so well on defense, but they're not, they don't pride, they're not a pack line defense like Virginia, but they don't pride themselves on getting out, playing, you know, mm-hmm. 90 feet of pressure defense. And a lot of times it, it works against Tennessee. They'll play good defense for 30 or you know, 25 seconds on the shot clock. And it makes things harder to get going. And you add on to the fact on top of that that Tennessee is so inconsistent rebounding the basketball. Tennessee can't leak out guards. You look at Keon Johnson, he's probably fourth on the team in rebounding. Jaden Springer is a big rebounder. We just talked about how important Josiah James is to the rebounding. Those guys have to get down low and scuffle it up. So it, it yeah. makes it harder to get easy to push, but that's gonna just have to be something Tennessee has to do. They and I think Springer talked about that after the game. They were, they were too focused in getting into the offense, running into offense, and then just playing, which, you know, sometimes that's what Tennessee wants to do is very much get into the half court game. But with Springer and Johnson, I think it's it's very important to continue to see those guys kind of run the offense by just getting to the basket, being downhill, and being a little less scripted in the half court offense.
1: Yeah, and I think I think you saw. Uh, a stronger confidence in their games when they were able to do that and just kind of just enjoy playing the game and just kind of playing a little more instinctually. I know that's not probably what Rick Barnes wants to to see every time down the court. They want to set up sometimes, but when those guys could just get into their game a little more, you saw a lot more confidence in the way they were playing.
0: Yeah, definitely. And Barnes talked about that a little bit today too. He talked about the play that Johnson got in transition and went and tried to throw the left hand to dunk down and got blocked. And he, Said that was a good play. That's what we want him to do: be aggressive. And he was pleased with was how Johnson responded. That he wasn't hanging in his head. He was that was a good play, good block. I'm going to go up and do it again. And he went and got fouled on that on the next possession. And that's where I think Tennessee doesn't have that alpha dog offensive player. Keon Johnson was the definition of an, of an alpha dog on offense. He was going to the basket, hard. Mm-hmm. he was getting fouled. Now, obviously, that's the best game of his career. You can't expect that every night. But if he can have that confidence in his game. I think that would go a long way to Tennessee just kind of getting things going because when they've struggled this year, I think it's been a lot of kind of looking around at who's going to go make a play for us and no one having that killer instinct to be able to.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, we talked about some of the good from the Kentucky game. We'll have to touch on some of the bad from the Ole Miss game. What was the, the most concerning thing to you about Tennessee's 52-50 loss in Oxford?
1: I think when, when you can say the, the confidence shown in Kentucky was the lack of confidence shown in Ole Miss. When Ole Miss threw that one three one zone at Tennessee, it just looked like Tennessee decided they were going to fold it up and, you know, whatever happened, happened. But they just were very lackadaisical in their passes, and it just seemed like they – Ole Miss kind of broke their will in, in a way, and the – the, the words from Rick Barnes and the players post game was it was a challenge on the team's uh, aggressiveness and the team's maturity. And I think you saw a more, mature, a more mature team show up against Kentucky, but maturity was definitely the the problem in Ole Miss.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's in the aggressiveness. I mean, it's, it was almost a complete 180 from the Kansas to Ole Miss to Kentucky game two times, because like you said, they were, it was an extended 131. That's you got to attack. And the corners really get to the rim and they were very lackadaisical throwing it, throwing it back and forth. And really from the whole game, it's it's the little things that were hurting Tennessee. Obviously, the offense wasn't clicking, but we've seen a lot of games when the offense wasn't clicking. And the defense is still good enough for Tennessee to win those games. What they can't do is they can't turn the ball over, which was really what led to their collapse was turnovers, Mm -hmm. getting all miss, easy baskets. They have to rebound down the ball well. They didn't rebound the ball particularly well, especially down the stretch, trying to pull off a, not only really comeback, but down by a possession or two in the late in the game, you have back-to-back possessions. Ole Miss gets second-chance points. And you got to shoot your free throw as well. I think I read mm-hmm. out the stat last week, Tennessee is shooting 59% from the free throw line in their losses, and I think they're shooting 73% on the year. And that was, again, another huge issue at Ole Miss, especially missing those front-end the one-on-ones. Tennessee can, st- can-, they can win games when they don't play great offensively, but they have to clean up the little things. And that was – they really all the little things. They were, were very, very poor at, uh, at Ole Miss. Yeah. So, we're heading into a new week. It was going to be about Tennessee's most challenging week of the season with a home match against Florida and then going to Baton Rouge on Saturday to face LSU. But some COVID-19 issues in Florida's program as well as Texas A&M allowed Tennessee to play Georgia this week on Wednesday night in the same time slot they were going to play Florida. you think that's uh, good, bad for Tennessee, not much of a difference? What were kind of your takeaways from that?
1: I think you'd like to say you're getting an easier opponent, but I don't think anybody at this point's easy. Uh, it may be a little better of a get-right game to continue the success they had against Kentucky but I'd also think that a lot of the guys in that Tennessee locker room probably wanted to get some revenge against Florida. You heard Eve Pons and John Fulkerson after the Kansas game talk about how it kind of stuck in their minds that they hadn't beaten Kansas and that they wanted to get Kansas. So I think as badly as they were embarrassed down in Gainesville that they would have liked a chance to kind of stick it to Florida at Thompson Bowling.
0: Yeah, and my first thought was – that's you know probably a good thing for Tennessee. Even out of the schedule a little bit. Their last two weeks of the season were, were pretty easy. That Georgia game was the last regular season game, so that was my first thought. But then when I thought about it more, I kind of I kind of agreed with what you're saying because you saw last week Ole Miss was supposed to be a little bit of easier game, a letdown for Tennessee. And Georgia, I think you know can be seen in that same lens, but they're a team that's playing a little bit better right now. They've won three straight games. They're certainly a capable, capable team, and obviously Ole Miss was too. Mm-hmm. And where I think, like you said, having lost to Florida, I think there would have been such an immediate lock back into that Florida game mm-hmm. just because Tennessee wanted to get revenge. It was going to be an important game for them. And obviously, the Georgia game is still important, and I do not not that I think the players are going to be looking ahead to LSU, but I think it, it makes it a little bit harder to stay completely focused.
1: Yeah, and I think against a team like Georgia who's going to try to get up and down and you've really space the court and run a little bit, I think you're going to see really quickly what Tennessee plans to do as a team going down the stretch. Uh, they're either going to be forced into a run-and-gun game or they're going to slow it down and uh, lock it down to the half court. And I think it'll be interesting to see what they decide to do.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So Georgia, LSU, two teams, you said it, they play up-tempo style. What's what's the key for Tennessee to get a 2-0 a week?
1: Uh, I think the key is guard play. They're going to run into some crazy good guards: uh, Severe Wheeler and Cam Thomas, who like to put points on the board. Civ- specifically, Cam Thomas uh, averaging like 23 points. I think that's that's going to be a, a really tough matchup for any ten- anybody on Tennessee's team. But they, we have some really good athletic guards that can, you know, guard uh, at a high at a high pace. So I think I think guard play is going to be the real key. I think only four guys for LSU average more than double digits. So I think it's going to be just a, a strong guard matchup to see what they can do against LSU. And then, like I said, against Georgia, I think it's just going to be playing at a controlled pace, but maybe still a strong pace where you can play uh, a little more uh, north-south, not side-to-side, and you know, uh, time-consuming. Because Tennessee struggles when they have to play that up-tempo and turning the ball over. So I think they just need to play a, a strong game, a focused game against Georgia, and then just a solid defensive game against LSU.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think the emphasis on the guards is is absolutely right. Where I was going to say, I think it's all about the guard defense. It's stopping purple mm-hmm. drive penetration. We've seen the past two years, LSU has completely t- killed Tennessee on that. Javante Smart said it's crazy that he's still there, but he's had two really good games against Tennessee the last two seasons where he's basically been able to get to the basket at will. And that's what Georgia wants to do, too, stopping Georgia. Everything starts with stopping Severe Willer. I think he leads the SEC in the top five in the country. with was a sister game at 7.4. But he is a guy that's very capable of turning it over, averaged over four turnovers a game. I think stopping dribble-drive penetration, making him uncomfortable. And I think it goes for the same with LSU, making those guards uncomfortable, trying to turn them over. And then do what they did Saturday, turn the defense into offense. I think it's what it's all going to be about and. Neither of these teams shoot the amount of threes that, you know, Arkansas or Alabama do, but they do kind of have that attacking stop guard style that Tennessee saw and struggled with earlier in SEC play and hasn't seen as much the past few weeks. So I think it'll be a good, different test for Tennessee and certainly going to be very important for, like I said, the guard defense.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Well, that is going to do it for this edition of the Checkerboard Chat. Thank you for joining us. I'm Ryan Shepard, joined by Jeffrey Russell. We will have Complete coverage of both Tennessee's games this week, Wednesday night against Georgia Saturday against LSU. And then we'll have everything you need to know on the Lady Vols basketball team getting back into action this week, actually had a Texas A&M game got rescheduled today to next Sunday on Valentine's day. So that should be a good one. Top uh, 20 matchup and stay, t- stay tuned on utdailybeacon.com beacon.com for everything you need need on Tennessee sports. Thanks for joining us, everybody.